This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. A recent letter to investors by Apple CEO Tim Cook said that the tech giant was going to experience lower earnings in the fourth quarter of 2018, in part due to slow sales in China. And while some of that may be due to the ongoing trade fight between the United States and China, there are some other elements at work as well. The growth of companies within China, like Huawei and Xiaomi, is putting more pressure on Apple. It also shows that there is some loyalty by Chinese consumers to companies that are some of the bigger ones within their homeland. But what impact will this news have on Apple going forward? especially with a country of 1.4 billion people being the second largest economy in the world and an almost 20% share of Apple sales? And also, does this highlight potential problems for other U.S. companies wanting to be in China? Kartik Hosanagar is a professor of technology and digital business as well as marketing here at the Wharton School. He joins us on the phone, as does Jyothi Thotam, who is the opinion editor for business and economics at the New York Times. Kartik, Jyothi, Great to have you both with us today. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Kartik, how much do you think that the, the trade war is a factor in, in part of the Apple sales problem? Well, if you look at Apple's sales problem today, I would say the trade war has some but not a significant role to play. It can end up playing a very significant role going forward. But as of today, I think the trade war isn't currently resulting in tariffs affecting either the prices or the sales of the phone. It is presumably affecting consumer sentiment in China and perhaps making them less willing to try, you know, products from the U.S. Um, But I think we're only starting to see the early signs of that. I think most of Apple's troubles in China are related to factors other than the trade war trade war playing a small but not significant role. So then what do you focus really on as some of the issues that they have to deal with? Well, I think there's a set of macro issues, and then there are Apple-specific factors. I think the macro issue, uh, really the elephant in the room, is that China uh, itself has a slowing economy. I mean, it's not growing as fast as it used to, and in fact, there's ample evidence that... um, there is, uh, you know, a potential uh, compression or, um, you know, a recession-like uh, situation starting. If you look at, for example, uh, China's consumption tax revenue, there was a very significant dip that happened in October, again in November. We haven't seen the numbers for December, but it's pretty obvious that credit is not as easily accessible in China, and that is resulting in significant reduction in uh, consumption among consumers. So that's the big macro factor that's driving this effect for Apple and will also have an impact on any other company that has significant sales in China. And of course, then there are Apple-specific factors like competition and so on. Joe, the the New York Times ran a piece uh, that basically highlighted a little bit uh, of this issue, talking Mm -hmm. about specifically the feeling of the consumer in China supporting the business uh, that is within their homeland. That's right. And I think this is where um, the consumer sentiment part of this equation uh, gets really interesting and a little bit complicated because it's not only about price, although price is a big part of it. I mean, Apple, you know, positioned itself 
in China, as in so many other places, as this super premium American uh, product. And for a while, uh, that was more than enough to be the leader in the smartphone market in China. But, um, you know, at a certain point, that's not enough. And consumers want specific things that are geared to their tastes and the way that people use smartphones in China. And frankly, Apple was a little bit um, slow to adapt. And as in just about every other industry, um, competitors uh, caught up to them and, in fact, have surpassed them in China. And I think the the trade war part of it, um, uh, you know, it, it sort of plays into that. I mean, if you're already sort of, you know, lukewarm about spending several hundred dollars, U.S. dollars, uh, on an expensive iPhone, and you can get something that's, you know, just as good and not as expensive, and it's made by a Chinese company, um, why wouldn't you? Um, and I think so. I think a lot of things have been happening. Um, so this is partly kind of Apple and the smartphone market and the particulars there. But then this, I think some of the more recent um, politics around the trade war are playing an effect too. So this also has to be. I don't know if I would necessarily say worrisome, Jyothi, but it has to be something that other U.S. companies have to be wary of when they're thinking about trying to invest heavily in the Chinese market, that there seems to be a dynamic of the consumer that may not play well for the U.S. company going in there, depending on the sector. Uh, I think you could read it that way, but on another level, it's it's sort of uh, a truism for any new market that you go into. You know, there's a there's a novelty factor for a big American company, but at a certain point, you have to adapt to what um, the consumer wants. And if you don't do that or don't do that quickly enough, or you don't do that as well as your competitors do, then, you know, when something like this happens, um, you'll be caught on the wrong foot. And I think that's that's a little bit, you know, again, that's not the whole story, um, as Karthik rightly noted, um, you know, the Chinese economy as a whole seems to be slowing down a bit. Um, so you wouldn't be surprised that, you know, demand for smartphones would decline along with it. Um, but, you know, if you if you want to look at um, Apple as a consumer product, I think there, there are a lot of different lessons there. Does uh, Karthik, do you think that this has to start to have Apple rethinking the products that they're bringing forward uh, in China. I mean, we saw here in the United States a couple of years ago, uh, Apple realized that they needed to have two versions of their iPhone, one that was a little bit less expensive than than maybe the premium line uh, type of product. Yeah, I think Apple uh, really need to start thinking hard about that because, as Jyoti was pointing out, there are many great smartphone companies in China today, Huawei, Vivo, Oppo, Xiaomi. You know, they've flooded the market with lower-priced smartphones. And these are not just, you know, five years back, you could say these are not comparable to Apple and they're low-end products. But now they have really high-end products, uh, you know, lots of product innovations in there. You look at a product like Huawei's, uh, uh, you know, Mate 20 Pro, uh, it's got so much innovation in there. It's a cutting edge product. All of these make Apple's iPhone look like just yet another smartphone that's just priced a lot more. And so Apple really needs to think about, you know, do they go, again, we're not saying, uh, you know, go mass market, but, you know, do they need another line of products that's not as premium, not as expensive? 
um, in light of the competition they have in China. Well, what about their production of the iPhone and uh, having that maybe, uh, you know, within China as they move forward? We're starting to see companies decide to uh, make the distinction because of the tariffs and the trade war that's going on that they need to consider production facilities in China. Tesla obviously being one of them right now. Yeah, Apple is already doing a lot of stuff in China, and I think the way the trade war, um, uh, you know, as it plays out, it'll, it'll become clear not just for Apple but for a lot of other companies how much manufacturing are they going to do in China, in the U.S., and then of course there's all these other places uh, near China that they could be manufacturing in Southeast Asia and so on. So I think they're going to reassess a lot of that. They probably will not do it until there is some clarity on, on on the trade war and the tariffs and so on. We're joined here on the phone by Kartik Hosanagar of the Wharton School, Jyothi Thadam of the New York Times. We're talking about uh, Apple and their recent earnings news and uh, how that may be impacted by uh, maybe slowing sales in China. You're listening to Knowledge of Wharton here on Sirius XM 132, business radio powered by the Wharton School. The other element, Jyothi, of this is mm-hmm. Apple going into China in the first place and the rules that some companies are having to deal with going into China. And when you're talking about the smartphone market, that's a unique aspect to it because of the information that people can be able to try and garner because of their smartphones and the Internet access to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's absolutely true. But um, I think that's, you know, that's probably true for just about um any company that's operating in China. And I mean, frankly, if you want to look at the privacy concerns, that's something that's also not unique to China. I mean, we've seen that um, uh, in the United States as well. Um, uh, I think some of the intellectual property issues, though, that um, U.S. technology companies are facing in China, I think I think that's something that's definitely um, has not yet been resolved, and I'm sure that will be the subject of the um, this first latest round of trade negotiations that started today. Kardik, your thoughts? Yeah, so, you know, I, I partially agree with Jyoti, but I have a slightly different perspective there, which is that, you know, you look at a bunch of other technology companies that have gone into China, you know, Amazon, Google, Facebook, Uber, all of them have struggled uh, to gain a foothold in China. Whereas Apple really succeeded, and the question is, what did Apple do differently? And we've talked about, you know, for example, um, you know, uh, Jyoti mentioned the novelty, Apple coming in there with a premium product into that market, and a market where it was, you know, a market that which is consumers are getting wealthier and they want to show off their newly acquired wealth, and a premium product like Apple allows that. But I think the other factor is how. Apple was willing to play by China's rules. Um, And Apple has shown that time and again. You know, Apple removed a bunch of VPN, virtual private network apps, from its app store. These apps ultimately allow users to access websites that are banned in China or in any region and to shield their Internet browsing activity from sensors' eyes. And uh, Apple was willing to remove those apps from its China uh, store. It also moved its uh, Chinese uh, iCloud accounts to a state-owned data center. So it actually did a bunch of things uh, that ultimately won favor from the government. And I think some of this really did help China during the early days. 
I'm, I'm sorry, helped Apple during the early days. Right, exactly. How do you think then that other companies and Apple have to be watching closely what we believe will be conversations between the United States uh, and China on trade negotiations uh, in the next several weeks? Uh, because it seems like if there is any significant movement, Kartik, and what is required for companies to actually be in the Chinese market changes. Apple seemingly has the opportunity to maybe gain some of those sales back, potentially, depending on, again, the consumer's viewpoint of the products that are in in China moving forward. Yeah, it's. I think it's very hard to speculate how this will all play out, because I think there's so much posturing on the part of both countries. It's not really clear how much of it is, you know, fostering versus, you know, things that they're not willing to budge on, right? And so depending on how it plays out, uh, we'll have to see, uh, you know, where Apple ultimately ends. What we can say right now is Apple is both placed precariously because China is such a big part of Apple's business. China accounts for one-fifth of Apple's total global revenue, so it's very important uh, for Apple. At the same time, Apple is uniquely positioned in the sense that Apple does have close ties with and a stronger relationship with the Chinese government and also in the U.S. government as well. For example, the Trump administration, when they announced the tariffs, they did make exemptions for the Apple products. And so they did recognize that Apple needed some special status that wasn't available to other consumer electronics companies. So Apple's relationships with both these governments, I think, will help it. But I think it's still vulnerable just because of how important China is to Apple's global uh, revenues and its overall health. Yeah. I I also tend to feel that there's a little bit of signaling going on that, you know, Apple, um, in a sense, uh, wants, you know, the U.S. government to know that, uh, this trade war is really sort of having an impact, a very real impact, even on a company like them, which, as Karthik pointed out, um, has taken great pains to work with both of these governments. Um, I think for them, I, again, it's it's very hard to know exactly what the details will be, but I think Apple and just about every other big American company just want some kind of resolution because the uncertainty of how long this um, the sort of manufactured conflict is is going to continue, and what shape is go- it's going to take is creating a lot of uncertainty in the market. And you know, you're not sure how a particular company is going to be affected, or as we've seen, what the knock-on effects uh, to consumers is going to be. And I, I think that's that's a big that kind of uncertainty is is not good for investors. Kardik, how how similar are the issues that Apple? and smartphone makers that want to be in the Chinese market. How similar are these problems to some of the ones that we've seen reported by, say, the auto industry? And obviously they're dealing with tariffs and and, and issues as well. Yeah, I think there are some parallels, no doubt at all. Um, I think the tariffs are clearly one aspect of that. Jyoti mentioned uh, consumer sentiment as being a factor that is potentially affecting Apple. That's going to affect Companies like GM, Starbucks, and many others. Uh, GM, for example, has been having a really great ride in China. You know, its uh, brands like Buick and Cadillac are doing incredibly well. It's got a bunch of uh, local uh, joint ventures such as Baojun that are doing well. So China is extremely important uh, to companies like GM as well. And uh, if you look at 
tariffs. It, of course, affects uh, auto companies, arguably more so, uh, given their supply chain is so dependent on uh, China. But also, consumer sentiment just affects their demand, because right now many of these companies are selling uh, uh, you know, as much, if not more, cars in China as in the U.S., and the, the consumer sentiment issues, Kartik, I guess, also leads to some of the reporting about uh, the tax revenues, which have been on the decline in China, especially in the last couple of months as well. Absolutely. I think, uh, you know, you're looking at, uh, you know, if you're an, uh, a U.S. company looking at China, there's the twin factors. There's uh, uh, the overall uh, economy in China, which is slowing down. And then there's the U.S.-China specific things. The trade war, uh, you know, is driving uh, changes in consumer sentiment, and that's going to uh, affect a lot of U.S. companies. So uh, I think this might even explain some of the market's uh, nervousness over the last several months. Um, and, and maybe it's the trade war and fears about what it'll do as far as the global economy is concerned, because all the other fundamentals seem to be sound, and yet the market isn't doing well. Uh, and the one thing that is an uncertainty right now is the trade war and in particular uh, U.S. and China. Right. And, and Jyothi, that's seemingly one of the areas where a lot of people believe that if there is some sort of resolution, and again, this is a little bit speculative, but if there is a resolution of this trade disagreement between the United States and China, uh, there is an expectation that Wall Street will show some of the early signs of success of this. Well, I think Wall Street is certainly looking for a resolution, yes. Uh, I think you can see um, the volatility over the last few weeks. A lot of that is just, you know, the kind of back and forth um, from the White House uh, and then, you know, corporate statements. I mean, you're sort of going... But then at the same time, you have jobs numbers that look quite strong, and then it seems like, okay maybe the underlying health of the economy is not so bad, but markets don't like uncertainty, and that's all that we've seen. Um, you also see a sort of split within the administration about how um, how tough of a line to take. So often the signals coming from um, the White House about um, the progress of negotiations um, is a bit inconsistent, and so it's a little bit hard for investors to know how to how to consider that. Well, and, and Kartik, I, I mean, speaking of the White House, the president's rhetoric that he has uh, obviously used in the last uh, several months when going back and forth, and obviously with the tariffs, th- that seemingly can't be positive, even though it may not have a, a, a direct effect on, on the sales that Apple's having to deal with, the sales slowness that they're having to deal with, but it certainly can't be a positive for them when they're trying to sell their product to uh, the Chinese market, and they hear the American president making some of the comments that he's made. Yeah, for Apple CEO Tim Cook to uh, mention in an interview that the trade war is having an impact, um, even though this is still early days and Apple is not affected by tariffs yet, and for him to call it out um, in that recent interview just last week, shows how Apple is worried about this. And Apple is by no means alone. I think there's a lot of other companies that are going to uh, bring up the trade war as being a significant source of uh, uncertainty for them and something that they would all uh, like resolved soon. Thank you both for your time today, Kartik, Jyothi. Thank you again, and we'll talk to you again soon.
Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Cardi Kosanagar from here at the Wharton School. Jyothi Thotem from the New York Times, the opinion editor for business and economics uh, there at that publication. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.